2: Good to be back, gentlemen.
1: I feel like we're a little bit too close here. Yeah. Oh, I, I was oh, just thinking that. I was thinking about un- you have invaded my personal space, Chris. Have I done <laughs> something wrong? <or>? <laughs> 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 we just come in, or how are You're, we? Yeah,
2: good. Official start of the series now. Come back.
1: Yes. What series are we on?
2: Sixteen. Is think, it? I think. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe.
1: We roundabout that way, innit? Yeah, what was the What was the series where we only did release three episodes or something? Four, Five, maybe. Yeah. That was piss poor. That was your fault, mate. Yeah. yeah.
2: I hope everybody's had a, a bloody good summer.
1: Yep. Recharge we the batteries. We have.
2: Hope everybody enjoyed the uh, little bonus episode that we released last week. Obviously, not the official start. Today's the official start um, with
1: Tommy Spur. That was the last like the pre season friendly one at last week. Yeah. Just getting yeah. your legs going. Yeah. yeah. Warming up. Trying to pitch. Great analogy. analogy. An 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 yeah. I put you down a lot, Chris, but I must say you're looking fantastic. You're lost timber, you lost some timber, aren't you? Need to
2: yeah. tell me. You don't need to tell me. I already
1: know. Tell me something No, but we're uh, we're back. I think we could actually start calling this our jobs. Do you think? I think we're at the point now where we could say this is our jobs. I think this week in particular has been like a full time job, hasn't
2: it? You, you two must be on more money than me. Why? <laughs> calling it a full time job? You
1: no, know I mean I I'm was still
2: bar working at weekends,
1: mate. Glass <laughs> collecting <laughs> in fucking Beehive. Is <laughs> your weed right yet? Yeah. No,
2: you're always pissing We're, your pants, you. Do
1: you know what? Right, and people will realise this as they get older. Do you know when, you, as you get older, it takes m- much more checking, right? Well, check it then. <laughs> but I do. We had a, I stood next to John. I had the privilege of standing next to John yesterday for a wee, and he said exactly that. And then it <laughs> just went quiet for like 15 seconds. He went, "See, 12 seconds, I've shook that bastard." <laughs> <open." laughs> <laughs> that was still a a bastard. Unless, you if, a I, Ringo. if I check it anymore mate I'm in fucking shiplet entry <laughs> I'm having a wank in toilets just <laughs> oh, a, some pants and it catches yeah, it underpants but, just but I, don't out I, like them. I don't like underpants every
2: time you come out of toilet you've got a map of Africa on inside
1: <laughs> underpants do not I don't, underpants are not comfortable for me at least you've wore a good colour what the the light? The light. <laughs> Your laundry Peach. basket must stink like
2: an old people's home, eh? Your laundry basket must stink. Well, to old be fair, I,
1: I've got a, a, a bit of a cleaner holic, so every time if my if I do an after dinner on a Friday night and I come home Saturday morning, by the time I've got up, my shirt's washed.
2: Just stand up and let everybody have a look at home. What my cock? <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on, get her out. Yeah, that's poor. The man. Jesus.
2: Double drip as well. <laughs> you know, I'm
3: getting an old man.
1: Yeah. Do, you, do you still take to your ironing to a place? Have you still got an iron shop where you take your stuff? Have oh, I dreamt that? No, I used to. After, yeah, I used to. I used to live on my own.
2: You had somebody who your clothes for you?
1: Well, I just just wash them, then just drop them off in big carrier bags. So I I'll, I'll literally, every item of clothing I got were at that place, apart from the one that I was wearing that day. And the one for the day after. I've never ironed clothes, mate. Fucking no shit, Sherlock. I just put it. No, nah, to or be oh, fair. Mr. Tumless doesn't. <laughs> it, uh, the, the, the secret to that is I've found since I've moved in with my me, missus. Me it's only put a few items of clothing in the washing machine at a time. I just bungle it like it was full. Yeah, she gave mm-hmm. me that tip and I just still i am ramming it in now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I only do like two a week. Put it all. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's a secret, and you put them straight out online. Tops like this, I'll I'll hang them on the hangers that I've got from the dry cleaners. Yeah. Uh, and, and hang them like that, and they pretty much don't need ironing. Secret. Do you put um, What detergent do you put in? Like a fabric softener, or uh, did you hear me? Did you? She washes my clothes. Did you miss <laughs> you that? Just <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only going uh, to do a bit of uh, washing myself. Uh, finding
2: many services. we give, were giving holiday tips last week for yeah. those who were listening and uh, house cleaning hold? tips. Yeah, life changes,
1: don't we? I don't know, I don't, changes, I don't, I yeah. don't know what uh, I don't know what detergent it is.
2: Season season we back last week as well. Did you see Cristiano, we're still getting clapped. Was he?
1: He's been made a scapegoat, really, hasn't he? Twenty-four goals he got. He
2: did a Van Oydonk. I'm not t- I'm not coming in. Did he? Yeah.
1: Where's he <sighs> go? What's he do? What do you do with him? I know. Where do you get his goals from? We've gone from talking about what detergent we put in fucking washing machines to <laughs> football. Piss. Ten, piss ten pants. piss pants. Enough with the football crowd Cristiano
2: doesn't peddle his pants. I, no. that much. I, I, bet, you I bet he doesn't Arnold's do his own shake. washing.
1: He won't do his own he, washing w- he either. He
2: won't shake his own knob. He'll have somebody there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: need a haircut job. He'll,
2: he'll just stand there counting down 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Tensing up as he's doing it. <laughs> uh,
1: I want a haircut. I know. I know we're gonna have one down here, but we uh, well on our travels, but we've been working too hard, haven't we? <laughs> we said <laughs> just before we went to sleep, we went, "I'm gonna get up early and get my hair cut." So we were obviously the next morning I got to like eleven. You not fancy the haircut? Nah, can your be asked. We <laughs> 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 say we're working hard. We're still in bed at eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I'll, 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 I've done all the driving, haven't I yeah, well, I've I'll, I'll done you five. Would you I do? That. You would do. Oh, I've done Be- 500 mile. Yeah. Very random this <laughs> intro, isn't it? Mate, it is. I like I like well, We these hope ones. everybody
2: enjoyed the Tommy Spur episode. But, I mean we could talk about it, but I can't remember because it was about eighteen months ago we mm. recorded it. Megson.
1: That uh, was I don't think Megson's come out of it very good, has he? No. I think
2: t- uh, Tommy said that a few people had donated. Yeah,
1: thanks everybody for your donations. We'll have done the bike ride by this when this comes yeah, out. Yeah. We won't have, won't we, Chris? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You've gone very quiet on the on yeah, the. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Kev was good one, eh? Kevin Lynch. Oh, yeah. I mean.
2: Kevin Lynch this week.
1: We obviously Jeff was the first ref we had on, and I think this is right up there with Jeff's. Yeah. I really do. Very, very some, funny. Some I hope he get. I hope it gets as much interaction. Yeah. As what Jeff did, because this is fucking brilliant. Mm. I think it's brilliant. I've seen him speak. It's fantastic. Of them, some of them
2: stories from from like the eighties. A bit eyebrow raising. Yeah. Years
1: well, Matty, wore Matty were, uh, editing in the back, obviously, as we said, and he just started chuckling to himself. and like, "What are you laughing at?" And he was talking about this particular story away at. Well,
2: not spoil it, John. Well,
1: not spoil it. No, I'm not, not going to tell oh, a story, you Dick. Right. Uh, was it Greece? Was he in Greece or somewhere? No, it might, anyway, is it, is it Italy? Don't know. Listen to it. <laughs> put it on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> if it's edited, I'll listen on the, on the way back. Uh, and I was just pissing my pants.
2: Hey, we had. Our, we got the speech. Fantasy Football League, Premier League, Championship League, pick your team, we're on it, aren't we?
1: Now we've, got to, we've talked a good game, haven't we, about we're going to win, we're going to be brilliant at it, but now, business. The
2: link's in the description, and we've got it on Twitter, so you just sign, in to sign up with Spitch, and then you pick your team, Premier League team or your Championship team, whichever one you fancy, or you might want to do both. And uh, we've got the league that we can all compete in, I think it's 85p. Mm. There's some euros the in it, but yeah. it works out at 85 pence. 85 pence to join the league, and
1: then the winner for the week. It could be, this could be anything, this Shall we have a little game between ourselves? Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Oh, well, you can't drive, can you? I was going to say, well, whoever. Wh- wh- just, wh- <laughs> just choose take not, take not the to. option. You can't drive, you've got a licence. I was going to say, we could. whoever finishes bottom drives the next trip. Well. All right, or whoever finishes bottom makes a donation to a charity. Yeah. Over, over the season, this will make you. All right, relax. Fucking okay, hell, yeah, I'll have to do double shifts at behind. <laughs> <laughs> but this will make you think on to not forget to do it.
2: The uh, we'll have it. We'll have them out on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram to join the leagues. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, all good was
1: your captain. I always saw myself as a managerial material. So.
2: Well, I put my suit on when I pick my team <laughs> See,
1: I'm, I've gone, I've gone Tony Pulis. Right. I've got a new Under Armour cap, <laughs> jumper, <laughs> tracky bottoms, and a uh, raincoat, which I wear every Saturday yeah. at three.
2: I've got a gilet on just in case the weather
1: changes. So people can join our league.
2: People can join our league. All you got to do is sign up for Spitch. Links in the description. I'm going to have it on all the social, and then just find out. We'll also have the link for the Premier League, league and the Champions. Ship, lead. Two different leagues. And then you can click on, pick your team, join the league. 8-5-P. And the winner's split the winnings. Man. Kevin Lynch.
1: Come on. <laughs> you know what that is? Come on, Kev. You know what way? You don't know what you're wearing, do you? I'm, I'm waving the flag. Oh, yeah? I'm lying. you right. what that was. I Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> bingo wing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it nearly took me eye
1: out. <laughs> come on, Kev. <laughs> Tell you what, you know you know. What? When this barrage of abuse gets too much for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna snap. <laughs> I'm gonna snap, and you'll both have a fucking microphone shoved up your, you fu- have one shoved up your ass, and the other one shoved up your nostril. <laughs> Twats. was one, um, I think it was the picture you put up, Chrissie, and you, you've you given a decision, probably the wrong decision, but... I've got in early.
0: <laughs> but it looks like you're... Are you double-jointed? No. Have you seen it? No, you know which I'm, just, I'm just very effeminate when i <laughs> a big Just naturally, <laughs> yeah. I think if you go like that, you say, come on then, who's going to fucking have a go at me? <laughs> I'll tell you a little st- thing. I think... In the in days when I was learning, being taught to be a referee and coming through the ranks, you were always taught that when you give a penalty kick, you give it and then you ran away. <laughs> and you ran to the goal line, near where the penalty area line, it's the goal line. And then if anybody comes to you, that's clear descent by action and you can take action. That was the way we were taught. And I never felt comfortable doing that. I thought, if I've given a penalty, I can explain why I've given it if they want me to ask me. Anyway, I started watching Serie A and Italian stuff and in Italy, years ago, if a referee gave a penalty kick, he pointed and went and stood on the penalty spot, right? And the players used to come in having a go and he'd just go like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like that. No, so I thought, you know, I might fucking try that. And, and I, I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll be careful where I try it. So, at Crewe, Crew Alexandra in the Football League and I give this penalty. I thought, right, give it. And I walked and stood on the spot. And four or five of them coming in and I just went. And they all fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> it were brilliant. And ever since that day, when I talked to a referee, I said, don't run away at penalties. Just go and stand there. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. And if they come and say, uh, what's up? I said, well, he stripped him. I said, no, he stripped him. Are you sure? I said, well, I'm still here giving penalties. <laughs> and, you know, all they want is, a. Little, you, you know, you might have got it wrong, but you're just there and you're saying, that's why I've given it, lads. Now, in fairness, if you want to watch a video of it later on when we're all sat down in the quiet of a darkened room and the, I might have got it wrong, but at the moment, I'm giving it. End of story. And I think if you explain something like that to players, they'll accept it more yeah. than just standing there and saying no to running off 30 yeah. yards, you know.
1: It winds you up anyway. I if mean, you're it running,
0: running off, you're yeah. like, oh, fuck yeah. this, I'm after this. It's
1: like that. I'm off. I think I might have fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm yeah. off. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's like, you know, you'd give a... Two players would be challenging near the goal line and they'd go, bub bu, bu, and the ball would go over the goal line. And you give... And you'd a corner. And immediately, you know... It's not. It's a goal. <laughs> no, it's a fucking goal kick. Why have I done? So it's a corner. Pew, and then someone would come over and say, fucking hell, Lynch, what's going on? I said, wait for this. Corner comes in. Free kick. Push on the goal kick. Go. <laughs> and, You're and that's what you do. <laughs> and the players are going, oh, fucking hell. Wish we had you everywhere. You know? <laughs> Little things like that. I know it's not right, but it gets you yeah. through the game. No, would you actually have it in your head thinking, right,
1: I think I've given the wrong decision. I'm going to. I would, rectify I would, John. I would, John. In
0: fairness, in that respect, I would. Because if you think you, fucking hell, everybody knows I've got that wrong. I was clearly wrong. I think you know nobody sees you do anything different. You just go Shh, free kick. Nobody says a dicky bird. Yeah. But at the end of the day, because look, you don't. Want, if that then goes in and it's a goal, what's going on here? You know, it's just horrendous. You know, because you've got a really up. Bad goal from what was a bad decision, and I, and I was never subscribing to that. So yeah, it didn't happen too often, let me tell you. <laughs> but, if, but if it did, that's what I used to do.
2: Damage yeah. limitation, I suppose. If that corner comes I, in and this
0: goal yeah, you the, know, the
2: replays are going out there, and then and, the, and, and then all the players back are going for, oh, you know. Yeah. So
0: I, I just mitigated it by giving a free kick, and I'd let a, if a player's going, oh I said, wait, just just hang on a tick, watch this free kick, and they think, oh, thanks ever so much, and that I think is sensible game management. You know, I'm not breaking any rules. I'm twisting them slightly. (laughs) I'm not breaking any. no, Yeah, but at the end of the day, I've got the right decision. You know, the right decision at the end of the day. You don't want... We never wanted to have an iffy goal coming from an iffy decision. Mm. You know, it's like you've got to be... You've got to try and get it right. And that's one of the little things I used to do. I
1: think I said on Jeff's, I've been on the bench where I've seen the fourth official. Basically tell the ref that he got it wrong. It was like a deep free kick that was getting pumped into the box, and exactly the same thing happened. Yeah, there's nobody ten yards away from committing any kind of fouls. You'd free kick, and there's a little bit of what the fuck's all that about? But well, yeah, it's forgotten. It. It. Yeah, where if
2: you scored from it, it's not uh, forgotten. Yeah, but it? you've got to blow early, surely, because yeah. if if you delay a little bit and
1: someone hits yeah. it in the top bin, you're yeah. like, oops.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a little thing, but I I used to do that. Yeah, I used to do that.
1: No, would you know if you did drop a bollock? that did lead to a goal, would you like let it play on your mind?
0: Um, it all depends. If I've, if I've clearly dropped a bollock, then I've got an issue. If I've clearly dropped one and I realise it before the play resumes, I've got an issue. Uh, there, I know there are a lot of people working in the League Managers Association who believe, who really believe, that referees do try and even it up during the course of a game. Uh, now I I didn't subscribe to that I've, I've given you an example of where I might just do something because I know I've made a bad decision which is and I've done that but if I gave a decision which I was firmly convinced was right and even though I've got players shouting at me and doing but if I'm absolutely convinced irrespective of what they think I'm sticking with that and no John it never played on my mind no never I've given it, that's the end of it. I
1: mean, we've been in changing rooms at half-time, so when they've had a man sent off and the manager will always say, he'll even it up, don't let him even it up. Mm. Does stuff like that happen? You know, if it, will
0: the referee watch it at half-time and go, that was Oops, never not a Not normally, not normally. I mean, in my day, we, we never had access to a TV screen at half-time, although I do recall, I did a game at Tranmere Rovers, uh, I think it was a quarter-final of the League Cup some years ago, and I'd given... During the first half, I I awarded an indirect free kick uh, to Tranmere. So I've got my hand up in the air, free kick comes in, right into the goal mouth, and then the ball ends up in the back of the net, right? And, And I'm firmly convinced that no one has got a touch on this ball. And therefore, because it's an indirect free kick, you can't score a goal directly from it. So I give a goal kick. And they're all saying, hey, he's touched it, he's touched it. I said, no, nobody's touched that goal kick. And this is, look, I'm disallowing what they appear to think is a goal. And and at half time, I've gone hunting the TV crew and the and the cameras because I needed to know. It was a massive decision and I needed to know. And thankfully, it showed that the, nobody had touched the ball.
2: Uh, it, and, would, it wouldn't have benefited you anyway, would it really?
0: Because no, the decision been made. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, but I just needed to know from a personal point of view um is that to even it up second half no 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 <laughs> no no, no. Uh, <laughs> no i never tried to even things up uh no i never tried to even things up um i think you've got to take it warts and all uh and i always remember S- uh, sir alex ferguson we had a chat i used to get on well with sir alex because the first time i met him i was i was on the touch line running the line uh and he could be quite vociferous from the box, and he'd come out rasping at me over something I'd, offside I'd not given a given. Give me a mouthful. So I give him a mouthful back, uh, and he came up to me at the end of the game. He said, uh, I've got to tell you, son, that's the way to handle me when I get stroppy." He said, you fucking... <laughs> I said, oh, that's okay, no problem. Uh, but so we, we, we'd always got on well, and he once said to me, he said, he said, Kev, you know, no matter what technology you bring in and how you mark the referees and do it, he said, let me tell you this, at the end of the season, the best team will be at the top of the league and the worst team will be at the bottom. So he says over a season, all them decisions really even themselves out because that's the top, that's the bottom. Irrespective if you've had a penalty or you've not. He said, So I'm he says I'm quite philosophic about it, because he says, I know at the end of the season, whether we've had bad decisions or good, we'll be where we deserve to be as a team. It's quite interesting.
1: I've always thought that. Yeah. Over the course of the season, and balance itself out. But it, 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 it's the decisions towards the end of the oh, season uh, yeah. when there's a penalty given that costs yeah. you, yeah, your draw or your win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's in the forefront of your mind, yeah. not the one in September. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you have got a dodgy no. one away at.
0: Oh, there is there, there some. Uh, there's there some big games towards the end of the season. I know. It, it, I was halfway through my career on the league, and on the Easter Monday, I get. Uh, Crystal Palace, Leicester City. And funnily enough, I'd done Leicester City, Crystal Palace earlier in the season. So, and it's back end and they're both going for promotion. They're both going for the top slot of the championship. Uh, and this game is tough. They're both, Dave Bassett's in charge of uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, Martin O'Neill's in charge of Leicester City. And, and it was a hell of a tough game. Uh, and Leicester City won it 1-0 and it was a penalty that I'd given the, given the game. So they won away from a 1-0. And after the game, Bassett's going mental like Dave could. So he's fucking ranting and raving, coming down the tunnel. I says, oi. I said, if you want to talk to me, come in the dressing room. So he says, right, I fucking will. <laughs> oh, no. So,
1: no i right. me a So
0: it. stood outside the dressing room, always at Crystal Palace, was a copper. He was on duty on that. So Bassett's come in and I says to this copper, just come in and witness what's going on with you. <laughs> Bassett said, what the fuck's he doing in here? I said, well, I've invited him in, Dave, because you might say something you regret, which might provoke me to say something I might regret, and the police officer will have a record of everything just in case we end up in court. <laughs> and Bassett says, oh, fuck this lynchian just walked out. <laughs> he didn't say a word to me. You know. <laughs> so um we... we we get chains and what have you. So bearing in mind that I've travelled travelled down by train, knock on door and it's this copper from the tunnel. He says uh, it's a bit lively outside, Kev. I'll uh, I'll escort you to your car. I said you'll do well. It's a fucking Leeds railway station. It's a long way to walk. He says you're joking. I said I've come down by a train. Oh, he says uh, hang on. I said I'm not. I said well, what you? he says I'm walking back to the railway station getting the train. Oh, so I'm not happy about that. Hang on, he says, give me five minutes. So he comes back five minutes later, so I'm all ready to move. And he says, come with me. So I go outside, police car, flashing blue lights, boot open, <laughs> in the kit goes, in the back seat, 14 minutes from Sellers Park to Platform 4, <laughs> King's Cross Station. 14 minutes, woo, blue lights the fucking job lot. Drop me off. Thanks a lot, sir. <laughs> right. just the job. Way to travel that. I've got to do that again.
2: <laughs> uh, was that, um, did you get a lot of abuse away from football? Would you get many, you know, fans spotting you out in the streets?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you did from time to time. I refereed Fulham against Blackpool at Craven Cottage the day before the Football League final at Wembley, which was on a Sunday. Now, I've always been a closet chef for Wednesday fan. And the following day, Wednesday, we're playing Arsenal. It must have been 93, probably, When Wednesday, we're playing Arsenal at at Wembley in the League Cup final the following day. So I've gone down, I've got this game in London, stopping overnight, going to the game on the the Sunday. Uh, So the game on the Saturday at at Craven Cottage got a bit lively. I think I I, I I sent one off from each side. I know it ended up 1-1, but I sent one off from each side. It was a tetchy game. Uh, And on the Sunday morning... I'm with my family, wife and kids, uh, and we're having a pot around Covent Garden before we go out to Wembley for the final. And uh, just walking around. I was with my lad. My wife had split off with my daughter, with my lad, and we're just like, I hear this voice say, fucking hell, it's lynchie. <laughs> and I looked up, and there was a group of Blackpool fans, must have been 10, 12 of them up, and they've clocked me. And they were obviously remembering what's happened yesterday. Uh, you fucking imbecile. What sort of. <laughs> and I said, and so I went, oi, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't shout at me from up there. Come down. They're up on. <laughs> so they come down, and I said, right, let's have a chat. And within 15 minutes, I was being invited up for Blackpool for my holidays, yeah, anything I wanted, just by talking it through. Yeah. Uh, so occasionally you got confronted like that. I once went took my lad to, to watch Yorkshire play at Eddingley, uh, and they were playing Lancashire. And as we were coming out, there were some Burnley fans who clocked me. Now I was hated in Burnley; I seriously was. Um, Burnley is the only football club that I ever reported for racial abuse from the terraces. Uh, they played Blackpool one night match, and there was also they were throwing bananas onto the pitch because Blackpool. Uh, Blackpool had some black players. I mean, it was horrendous.
2: What, what kind of... What dates are we talking about here? Is this... uh,
0: we're talking <coughs> mid to late 90s. Right. Uh, I think Chris Waddle might have been the manager at the time because he had a spell at Burnley's manager. But they were the only... And I never enjoyed refereeing at Burnley. It was one of those... When I say to people, look, when it's uh, when it's uh, 25 to 8 in the evening, in this country, in Burnley, it's still 1935. <laughs> Um, <laughs> because it's like going back into a time warp. And, and I never enjoyed refereeing there. And consequently, I, I when I look back on my career, I don't think I ever refereed particularly well. Players, I'm sure, have grounds where they think, oh, I'm, look, look, I'm looking forward. I always have a good game there. Referees are the same. Uh, so you put that on one side. I hated Burnley, and they hated me. But I always used to love refereeing at Wolverhampton Wanderers or West Brom. Because I always seemed to referee well there. I felt comfortable. We did that, you know? not, it? it is funny. It is funny. But well, um, we did have
1: a lot of Burnley fans' message saying he fucking hated
0: us. Oh, listen, I sometimes clock on when I'm going through Google these sites that these fans have who is your most hated ref over the years? And my name's on fucking all of them, which <laughs> <laughs> is a bit hard. <laughs> but um, the only oh, amazing what they tell we had, we used to have so and so and then there was Kevin Lynch. Fucking yeah, you no, know, and it gives you give you some right hammer, uh, and you sometimes don't realise uh, how uh, how deep the feelings can run over uh, some yeah. little bald headed <laughs> bloke who for ninety minutes ruined their Saturday afternoon, <laughs> you know. And would you would is it Walter a duck's back? Yeah, had to you never be. take it on. you? had to be look if you don't want to be in the kitchen when it gets bloody warm, come out. Yeah, um, ah. I was always conscious of the impact it had on my kids because, you know, they go to school on a Monday and somebody who's into football said, fuck, you know, what was your dad doing yesterday, you know? (laughs) And and, uh, funnily enough, um, in my last season, just before about to retire, Football League got in touch with me because I had a good relationship with the Football League most of the time. And they said, "Um, we've had the Daily Express on. Either the Daily Express or the Daily Mail, one of the two. And they want to do an interview. I said, oh, all right. No, he said, not with you, with your wife. I said, why? They said they want to get the wife's view on being married to a referee. So I said to Jan, do you fancy doing this? And she did. She did did it. And uh, uh, she did a really good article about how it affected her because she hated coming with me. And you can count, I could count on one hand the number of times she actually went with me to to watch, you know, because uh, she wanted to blend into the background. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, again, mentioning Tram Mir, took her to Tram Mir one day when I'm refereeing, seats in the director's box, right, she got. Uh, Of course, directors know who's sitting over there. She got absolutely hammered by directors about me. Which is bang out of order. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but she gave a really good article, revealed things that I want, you know.
2: You to say, was that eye opening to read, me? Like.
0: Eye opening to me. Yeah, because she's saying, like, you know, you're, you're, these these fans, these spectators are out there early in abuse and language at my. She says, this is the fella I love. This is my husband you're doing this to, you know. Uh, very interesting. And just to balance that, again in my last season, a fan from Burnley wrote a letter to the Football League about me. And he, and the letter said something like, Football League, Dear Sir, um, I understand that referee Kevin Lynch is retiring at the end of the season. And uh, I'd just like to say that over the years, I've watched him many times at uh, Turf Moor, and I've always been impressed by the way he conducted himself and his referee. Uh, so... Uh, I wish him all the best in his, his retirement. And the league passed that letter on to me, and I, repu- I reproduced that in my, in my book as well. Really, if you, if you take up refereeing, uh, and I did when I was 15, uh, you don't do it f- for the plaudits. You know, you do it because, and people say, oh, you must have loved football. And I fucking love football. <laughs> Some of the football I had to referee was shite. <laughs> um, I loved the art of refereeing. Because I saw good refereeing as contributing to a good game of football. My target when I first started as a 15 year old lad was to get to be a Football League linesman, because that I thought I could achieve. I never said to myself, You're going to be a Football League referee. Never. And even when I got to the line, I got to the line in 1985. And I got, and I thought, this is me now. Bumf, cracked it. I'm, I'm happy here now till I'm forty-eight or so. I'll be on the line, and then you suddenly start lining games, and you're looking at the referee, and you're thinking, I could fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a touch better than he's doing it. And so, and so your, your objectives and your goals change slightly, and suddenly that then becomes, oh, I can do this. And let me tell you that I had a big decision to make when uh, when I got interview to be a Football League referee was in 1992. I'd done seven years on the line. Uh, And in that last year, I was one of the first nominated FIFA assistant referees. That When FIFA created the role of the linesman, as we were then, uh, to be a specific role, uh, every... Football in country nominated so many officials to go onto that list. And I was one of the first seven uh, in this country. You Can't do both jobs. I couldn't be a football league referee and a FIFA assistant referee. It was either or. And when I went for my interview, committee there uh, uh, in Preston, uh, and uh, they said, I always remember, John Goggins was the referee's officer at the time. He said, Kevin, he said, Why ever do you want to be a Football League referee? He says, you're a FIFA linesman. He says, you've already been abroad three times this year. You'll go abroad at least 12 times every year. You'll probably line a European final. You'll probably go to a World Cup. Why do you want to be a referee and have to give all that up? And I said, it's easy, John. I said, because the dream changed from the line to being the man who walks down the tunnel with the ball under his arm. And that now is what I want to do. Uh, but, I, I mean, in that FIFA year, I did four trips abroad, one of which was to Turin, where I ran the line in the first leg of the UEFA Cup final that year, when it was a two-legger. Mm. This is before the Euro- Europa Cup and all this shit. Um, <laughs> uh, it was Ajax. Ajax against Torino, first leg in Turin. This is 1992, and... the. The Turin players are on the equivalent of twenty-five grand, as it was then, a man to get a result. Two legger, Turin one week, back in Amsterdam the following week. They're on twenty-five grand a man. And uh, from the moment we landed, and this happened quite a lot when you did European games in my day, uh, it was subtle bribery all the way to see if they, they anything they could do to persuade you that they were the bees knees and they deserved the result they'd do and uh, they wanted to measure us up for Armani, Armani suits. We got everything we wanted. Before the game, which was at the Stadio Del Alpi, the old stadium in insuring, 65,000 in on the night, there's some Fiat cars going around the, the, t- the track, you know, advertising. You like the car? I said, oh, it's lovely. He says, we'll have one fucking delivered to you if you want. <laughs> I said, whoa, 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 fucking <laughs> calm down here. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, we did the game and uh, with about 15 minutes to go, Torino are winning uh, 2-1 uh, and you're thinking, this is going nicely now, you know, because we knew there were a load of crack to come afterwards if we did if they got the result. Anyway, with about 15 minutes to go, Joe Worrell gives a penalty. Dennis Bergkamp was playing for Ajax. He went into the box, went down. Uh, penalty, I think it was Young, came up, smacked it in, 2-2. And it ended 2-2 on the night. And the following week in Amsterdam, they drew 0-0. Away goes count double. And that year, Ajax won the UEFA Cup. But uh, so they've only drawn two all. And they know they've blown it, Torino. So we're coming off the pitch, the four of us, we've gathered to come in touch. The president of Torino is coming down towards us. Uh, and on each side of the tunnel, there are the Italian carabinieri with fucking cock rifles. Right, and you're thinking, this ain't going well. <laughs> and this president coming through a punch at Joe Orwell. Fucking it. Missed him, thankfully, and got ushered away. But it was... And you're thinking, fuck okay, now, what's going on here? Anyhow, we got in, and and from that moment, they dropped us. They didn't want to know. They they, they didn't want to get involved in taking us out for a meal, back to their hotel, nothing. I've uh, never seen... that As a nation of people who... I mean, I've I've been involved in football matches in this country, Manchester United, Liverpool, line that been up in the northeast. Nothing compares with the Italian mentality, to me anyway, from my experience of the Italians. They're just balmy, right nasty, that, man. nasty. But buttering you up before oh the game, right, and then oh right. but when it doesn't go their way, yeah. oh, they were appalling.
2: If there's a one, even would there have been a Fiatant drive?
0: Probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And an Amani suit in the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seriously. I mean, uh, we went we went to one of the games I did that year was uh, in Athens. I went to Panathinaikos. Uh Panathinaikos against Anderlecht in the uh, in the Champions League. Um, and morning of the game we've gone to the stadium Olympic stadium check it mm. all out. And then somebody says, uh, w- one of our presidents is a, owns a jewellery shop in the centre of Athens and he would like you to call in and, and get a gift. So I'm thinking, "Fucking you know what's going on here? <laughs> and Paul Roger, who was on the line with me, said he'd been there a few weeks earlier on another game. He said, it's the bollocks, this Lynchy. He says, all Greek gold is 24 carat. He says, and you can take what you want. I said, you're joking. So we go in this shop all this jewellery, watches, the job lot. And I said, I'm looking around and uh, said, what can we... Oh, well, he said, take whatever you want. Have whatever you want. So I got a, a necklace uh, for my wife and a, a, a necklace and a bracelet for my wife. Got it home, it was valued at four grand. Yeah. And I remember someone went, someone went abroad with Keith Hackett. They went to buy in Munich and Hackett was revered in Munich. They thought he was the best English referee ever. So the, he gets invited into the Bayern Munich club store, which is like Marks and Spencer's on Marble Arch. It's fucking huge. And uh, one of the linesmen says, uh, he says, you can have a gift. And they said, you have a gift. And, and this linesman turns to Keith Hackey. He says, what do we do now, Keith? He says, clear the fucking shelves. <laughs> 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 they were coming with cuddly toys, all sorts of fucking <laughs> Tremendous. But, um, you know, why did we get three and a half grand, four grand's worth of jewellery? It's all subtle. It's very subtle. Would you and, have got in bother for that? No, in them days we didn't. They stopped it. They stopped it. Uh, like now, they don't announce who's going abroad to the, to the media until about 48 hours before the match. So they can't be got at Because there is... Uh, a major thing about getting at match officials and yeah. getting into if there'd them. If there had
2: been a major decision... Oh, absolutely. that had come out oh, all... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin Lynch absolutely. has got four grand's worth of jewellery. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's walking around like Mr. T. And... Well,
0: listen to this. The games... We, we're in the 89th minute of this game, and it's nil-nil, okay? And I'm thinking, well, this is all right. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're okay. And Panath and I can score in the last minute. And I'm thinking... Fucking... yes, getting new beauty. <laughs> and all these flares come down, there's a lot of mist and what have you. And out of this red mist from these flares, in the far side of the pitch, I can see Paul Roger with his fucking flag in the air <laughs> giving off signs. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you twat, what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, <a> fucking hell. <laughs> so, I'm right next to the Panathinaikos bench. And they've gone fucking mental because they've seen the winning goal get <laughs> chalked off. So I thought, in fairness, I went across to him. I said, Look, lads, fuck all to do with me. Now. Don't start checking it out on me. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, fucking hell, the gold will have gone from the room. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there we are. These things, things <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
2: Happy days. So from, from their perspective, even though it's not direct, that's kind of like pushing a bribe onto you, really, aren't they? Is
3: it subtle?
0: Subtle. It's, it's not that subtle. It was all, all, all wherever you went. They have changed it now. You can't accept gifts, but this was becoming the regular thing. And uh, and I mean, I mentioned chatting before we started. This fellow David Ellery, the ex international referee. Ellery used to hate me because I used to judge foreign trips on the quality of the gifts we got. It was simple as that. <laughs> I went to Monaco. My first trip was Monaco. Can you believe it? Fucking lynch you going to Monaco. And I mean, I mean my original profession was I'm a French teacher, so I speak French, and this is like a dream come true, going to Monaco. Uh, and, I mean, they were lavish as well. With I mean, we had a sw- each of the four officials had a suite of rooms in the Mirabeau Corner Hotel, right on the Grand Prix surface, overlooking a suite of rooms. <laughs> we went into the Monte Carlo Country Club for lunch. There they gave We were in the casino. It was just unbelievable. And you were walking around and uh, they'd say, if you see anything you fancy, just let us know. And you know, honestly, it was unbelievable. When you... Can we we just go back to uh, the cricket match? Yes, uh, at Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, it were Burnley fans, and I just fucked off, John. I won't get. To, <laughs> I won't trying to talk to them. Let me tell you, Ben, get the car, Oh, Let's get going quick. Yeah, no, no. There comes a time where you don't try talking. No, no. <laughs> you just know when to run and you know when to, know when to, as as Normans say, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> and I folded them for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So when it, when it came to making that decision to to go for the refereeing yeah. sorry, and what level did you then start refereeing
0: I at? came in refereeing on the Football League. 1992 coincided with the start of the Premier League as well. That's when I got on the middle. So they'd got a, a group of referees who were going to go on to the Premier League. Those were the well-established referees. Yeah. Uh, and then I went on... Uh, refereeing in Division Two, Division One, and what is you now the to Championship. Work your
2: way up then from uh, that point. Yeah, work your way up. Yeah, you would yeah. like dropped back down to the bottom.
0: The bottom run. You do um, basically. Yeah, and and I think that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, I st- I started my first league game was Chesterfield against Barnet, uh, and then they gradually ease you up. And I'm I'm delighted really that in the last few years of my career, I did the bulk of my games in the Championship. I'd, I'd earned the right to referee the bulk of my games in the old First Division or Championship, however you want to call it. So, uh, so But you work your way up. And I think that's only fair. It's like when you get on the line, you don't they don't throw you in at Liverpool for your first game. My first game on the line in the Football League was at Doncaster Rovers. Doncaster Rovers against Blackpool. Uh, so you, you gradually build up and then you get to, to where you are.
1: In terms of financially as well, would you have been in a better position doing what you were doing on the line? Then
0: going to the bottom of the ladder. I think
1: he could sell his gold and his wine. Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I'd have had an Aladdin's cave. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, don't forget, I'm going back into the time when referees weren't full time contracted out to the to the league. So right, yeah, You're we were teaching. Still, we were, oh, I, okay. I was. Well, I was working with a bank. I was with, uh, I was with a major bank, which was good because they allowed me the time off that I needed to to, to do what I needed to do, um, but. We were paid on a game-per-game game basis. That was all it was, game-per-game game plus expenses. Uh, and financially, uh, I've had a stayed on the line and been on the feet probably about the same, probably about the same. Uh, but I I was refereeing before the real big money came mm-hmm. in, uh, which didn't bother me. But, but, you know, it was never going to pay the mortgage, but it certainly paid for foreign holidays, and that was nice, you know.
1: Was there ever a game where you thought, fuck me, I've made a bad decision here?
0: Oh, loads! (laughs) In terms of of choosing a referee, I made a fucking career of it. (laughs) That's why we're talking here today. (laughs) Forgive me, a career on the after dinner circuit for the last thirty years. It's been wonderful. Um, uh, In fairness, and of course, you looked at clips back of games. I I didn't make too many, but funnily enough, one that I, I made a couple. One where I once cautioned a lad called Johnson who played for Ipswich forward up front, he went into the box uh, and he went down. And I'm thinking straight away, that's a penalty. And before I've got the whistle up to give it, I hear someone say, he's fucking dived. And something clicked. And I thought, fucking hell, has he? Because it was a tight one. Do you know what I mean? Has he gone down? And I thought, I might have done here. I, I need to, but bollocks, I blew and I yelled at him for diving, for simulation, right, and he never said, he never said nothing, he didn't protest, he just took the yellow card and walked. I guess the clip, it's clearly taken, clearly taken from the back, it's a penalty all day long, uh, and I wrote to the FA and said, I want to rescind the yellow card, because I said, in the interest of fair play, it's, it's not, it, it was, I got the decision wrong. He didn't dive. He didn't, wasn't, too many, and so the FSA, thanks very much. We'll, we'll rescind the yellow card. Um, so sometimes you saw it, proved to you that you got it wrong, and you had an opportunity to redress the balance and get it right. Um, and a couple of times that happened. Uh, but in terms of the real McCoy, no, I mean, look you'll have done your research, the night at Wigan Athletic Bristol Rovers, where I sent five players home. Deary me. I mean, that was a bad night at the office. But if ever I was going to dissect, if ever, John, I was going to dissect a game and say, oh, I got that wrong. Oh, fucking hell, I got that wrong. And, you know, from whatever clips were available, I looked at it. And I looked at it around a table with people who knew, and I didn't get anything wrong that night. They were all valid, all valid sendings off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, I was one sending off, sending off away in that game, from being the first referee who had to abandon Abandoned a game, the game because one team had been reduced to six players. Because I've <laughs> I've got I've got Bristol Rovers down to seven. <laughs> Which in fairness made it a lot easier to referee because when you've only got seven, you can handle them a lot better than you can eleven. But <laughs> I've got Bristol Rovers down to seven and Wigan down to ten. So if I send one more off from Bristol Rovers, we're all going home early. Uh, and uh, not only I knew that, but the players from Bristol Rovers knew that as well. And the player manager was Ian Holloway, uh, and he he's chirping him here. What the fucking hell are you doing? What the fucking hell are you doing? I said, what do you, have a try at controlling your players, Ian. And we might get through this till full time. What was the score? Sorry, at this uh, point, ended, I think the score ended up Wigan three, uh, Bristol Rovers nil. Because I mean, like you know, seven against yeah. ten.
2: And what's the rule there if if it's called off to Wigan get the, the
0: no, points? there's no no the game is abandoned and then it's for the powers that be to decide. But generally speaking, if it was abandoned with about twenty five minutes to go, they'd have to replay the game. Right. But the players from Bristol Rovers knew that if I would sent one more yeah. off, we'd all go home early. So they started to provoke me to send one more off. Uh, oh yeah there were tackles going in they were gobbing off at me and I'm thinking fuck it I'm not going to become the first referee <laughs> the I don't want that on my, I'm CV. Not having that on my CV exactly <laughs> so uh, for the last 20 minutes I let them kick seven buckets of shit out of me and <laughs> um, call me a twat and all sorts <laughs> and get on with it and we finish the game well I mean you, 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 you people you've played let me tell you now a team that kicks off at quarter to eight on a Tuesday evening playing a formation of 4 two, 4 and at 10 past nine that same evening, they're playing 4-2 none. And <laughs> very clever. Uh, I mean, that was spectacular to get five players sent off. <laughs> in <the middle> of. <laughs> now, in, now, in fairness, that's not the most <clears throat> number I've sent up in one game, believe it or not. I once sent six players off in a Northern Premier League game. This is semi-pro between Whitten Albion and Worksop. I had six off that day. That day I managed to even it. There were three off from each side. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, funnily enough, I was more than conscious that at the level that you're operating at, it's not so much sport, it's the entertainment industry. You send one player off in a game, you're likely to distort the events and the results that that game would have had with 11 on. Now, if you start going two, three, four, and five being sent off, <laughs> it's chaotic. Uh, and I, I funnily enough, I was so aware. But, but, you're there to do a job. And if a player just doesn't want to behave, what alternative does a referee have? I don't believe you have any. You're there to do the job. Um now, and the, and the competitions and the powers might be might not like the fact that you do the job, but you've got to do the job. And all right I I didn't I don't think I ever sent anybody off at the highest level for, for mouthing at me because I could handle that. It was generally speaking second yellow cards for tackles or something that was violent. That's what I did. where in, in my eyes as a referee, my hands were tied behind me back. You've just punched him. Whatever anybody says, that's a punch, you're going. End of story. And just so that that happened quite a lot in one game, we're just one of those things, you know. <laughs> Do you know, this? was it the Norwich Palace game? Norwich Palace, yeah. Is that, is that a
1: case of, I don't know if I'm having a shit or a shave here? There's well, punches thrown everywhere. I don't know who I am. Yeah,
0: you're, you're absolutely right, Chris. I mean, that's the first, funnily enough, that 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 caused us, well, it didn't cause us, but... We changed our approach to handling a certain refer- a certain situation on the field of play. I got this. I had this situation. Norwich Crystal Palace, playing for um, playing for Palace, Ray Allen, Ray Outen, yeah. It was always a difficult player, uh, and he got involved, and I I gave a free kick against him. Yell at him for it. And then a couple of minutes later, he's done the same again. So it's second yellow, red. And I'm sending him off. He's not happy, but I'm sending him off. Uh, suddenly, all the players get in. There's a lot of pushing and shoving and doing. And what happened was, it splintered. So you have a group here, a group here. So I'm suddenly looking at three separate groups of players right it. fighting <laughs> and uh, i haven't got a clue what's going on <laughs> assistants are going bottom lips gone Oh, the you know going on here? <laughs> no good asking them uh so in the end uh i didn't i sent out enough and, and, and i didn't take any For or i didn't take any further action uh every at the end of the day 21 of the 22 players were involved in this kerfuffle the only player who didn't get involved uh was brian gunn the Norwich goalkeeper. And I should have carded him for cowardice. (laughs) But I I didn't. And we uh, we always, when I see Brian nowadays, we always have a laugh about that. (laughs) But, But that made us as a group of referees look at how we handle that situation. The best way was to get both the assistants involved fairly quickly and observe. Just stand and observe. And then when it all stops, because eventually they stop fanning about and get on their feet and want to play football again, then you look and you talk and you say, "Yeah, we'll yellow him. Yeah, he's going. He's duff, yeah." And you do it like that. So, and it changed our cool. technique as as referees uh, in that respect. But well, that that's what came out of that Norwich Crystal Palace game. But yeah, twenty one man brawl. Yeah, <laughs> happy days. <laughs> Did Was you that? actually half enjoy it? thing? go on,
1: well, go on. Um, <laughs> Give him I, I don't like him go on well, fucking no, chin him i let yeah, it off yeah,
0: well, I, I understand that Ray Outon has been on on he does a lot on talk sport and he's 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 dying to get me in a room with him and have a conversation about this because he swears to blind swears blind he never committed the foul that got him sent off uh, which is interesting but of course going, you're going back to mid 1990s more difficult to get the videos and the clips from that era just prior to everything going global if you like with tv coverage but um no i mean look if if ever i had to take disciplinary action i i always used to analyze every single yellow card and every single red card and i used to analyze it with this question could i have prevented that yellow card by having a word with that player just before should i have sensed that he was getting frustrated all these things so yes, I, in fact although i can be quite glib and 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 humorous about what i do i was a very serious student of refereeing and the techniques you used i was very very keen on on body language as i've talked about with the penalty body language to me was important and you may recall the manager of the welsh national team many many years ago and he died fairly recently mike smith mike smith well managed the national football team of wales a few years ago uh and during my working life i came to know him in a, a particular project and he taught me a technique which we passed down and is used even today and i brought it in so If you're the player and I'm the referee and I want to talk to you and you're 20 yards away from me and I want to speak to you, what we used to do in the bygone days would I go, nine, here. And I know you wouldn't like it because it's demeaning, right? But that's the way we used to do it. Number nine, here. And Mike Smith says, I've watched that technique. He says, think about this. Think about the three points of a triangle. So John, you're point one, I'm point two. And point three is an imaginary point on this triangle somewhere over there. Says, why don't you go, number nine? Can we have a word and walk towards that third point on the triangle? And you're he said, both You're both going right. Yeah. yeah, and you're walking, you're not coming straight, you're walking there. And I thought, well, I'll have a do at this. Well, it's a brilliant technique. Works every time. Because sometimes you might get a player who says, I'm not coming. You want to speak to me, come to me. You get that? Oh, hey. Very rarely did I, but I was, I was once on the line where that happened. Willie Donerkey. Do you remember Willie Donnerkey Playing for Oldham Athletic. Joe Rose, the manager. They're playing at Sheffield United. Ken Baker from Rugby's the referee. And he'd been refereeing for years. Everybody knew Ken Baker. So Donerkey's starting to put it about a bit. So Ken, being this tackle. he's 20. Number three, Mr. Donerkey, come here. And Donerkey goes, no. And Ken goes, Willie, come here. And Donica goes, no, I'm not coming to you. So Baker goes, have that then. <laughs> <laughs> and Reds him. <laughs> Sends him off. Donnickie moved the fucking 20 yards fairly quickly, let me tell. He's phrase, you, He's right in Ken's face. What are you doing with you? I said, you won't come to me, fuck off. Said, oh, Red. So Red, bloody Joe Royal's going ballistic, he's got... But I said, no. And he says to, he says to Joe Royal, Joe... Willie Donock, he's known me for 20 years, referee. If I want a player to come to me, he fucking comes. If he doesn't want to come, I'm fucking sending him off. Now go and tell him that. <laughs> and, and Joe says, okay. That's the way you want to read it? Okay. And that's he said, Not happy you fucking come to me or you're going off. <laughs> I never got through to that stage, I must admit. I once had a player say to me, I once was yellow carding this player. And he says, you might as well send me off then. I said, seriously? He says, yeah. I said, all right, then. (laughs) Fucking have it. (laughs) have it. And I wrote the report. I says, I'm cautioning the player, and then he invited me to send him off. (laughs) So I I, I, I thought, to make his afternoon, I agreed. (laughs) And sent him. (laughs) You might as well send me off. Fucking right, no bother at all, look. (laughs) (laughs) I'm delighted to assist. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I've had some players say funny things over the years. I remember a player in the lower leagues. I used to, have a, I used to say, if a player was getting a bit awkward, a bit lippy, I'd say, oi, do you get fined for dissent at your club? And I knew most of them, not all of them did. Do you get fined? He says, yeah. I said, well, look, save yourself some money and stop having a jibble at like me. Just get on. He said, don't give a fuck. He said, I'm on £2,000 a week. I said, Really? He said, I, he said, yeah. I said, either. Hey, have one for descent and that'll just reduce that two grand a bit, won't I? <laughs> and I carded him now. Oh, cheeky twat. Cheeky, cheeky twat. I'm trying to give him a, uh, I'm help trying to help people to keep out of trouble. And he just well, I'm on two thousand pounds a week, I don't give a fuck. Right, lovely, have that. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: uh, we have had a number of lads on from that from that era, you know, and the names like Billy Whitest get brought Ooh. up very often Bill Hartford yeah uh, I mean Steve Walsh had a kill list Without that something that you're
0: aware of well you, you know I'm not saying you did your own work you knew you knew who you were refereeing and you knew the players who would could give you problems you know um, and um, and you did a bit of work but you, I never prejudged I never prejudged um, but you know, if I look back on my career, two of the most difficult players I ever refereed were, uh, were Roy Keane and uh, Ian Wright. And, uh, and Roy Keane. And I, I just don't think Roy liked referees. And in fairness, we didn't fucking like Roy Keane. So <laughs> it was a fairly balanced equation. <laughs> but um, I remember refereeing him one night at Old Trafford and it obviously was out of sorts with himself, the opposition his own teammates and me, and he's kicking anything that moves and he's giving me earache. And, I've, uh, and I have and I tried talking to him, that, that was like trying to plait fog. <laughs> so I thought, right, Roy, right, next one's mine. And uh, <laughs> they're playing Stoke City and uh, this ball gets pumped up, Stoke left-hand channel towards the Stretford end. And Roy Keane began his approach from about 30 yards. And he chipped this little fella from Stoke straight into Rosehead on the Stretford end, horrible tackle. And anyway, I'm about 30 yards away from this, which is about as close as I ever got to anything on a football pitch. <laughs> so I'm 30 yards away, little fella from Stokes in a splattered mess. Keane's still getting up from the tackle, and I've decided I'm going to yellow him. So I'm, I've am i blown the whistle, and I'm reaching for the card top pocket. And before I can get the yellow card out, Keane's up, close the 30 yards between, us. suddenly in my face. I've still not got the yellow card out. And he looked at me and says, do you know who I fucking well am? And as he said that, Gary Neville were walking past. And I said, Gary, there's a player here, don't know who he <laughs> is. And Gary Neville says, It's Roy Keane, book the twat. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> it P- sounds th- as though now that
1: could have been a, a 10 game band tackle.
0: Oh, aye. Oh, aye. Oh, oh well, he it, it, it could put him in. I mean, the, 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 players, the players who you remember, I think that there were more players bef- just before my time than the word during my time, but that the players who you're refereeing the game and you look around and there's somebody laying on the floor and nobody's near him and something's happened and you have not got a clue (laughs) what's gone on, you know? And and those players I don't think are about because of trial by television now. You know, there's different camera angles, 17, at least 17 different camera angles coming in. And people sometimes say to me, do you think today's referees are as good as or better than the referees of, shall we say, 50 years ago? And my answer's always, I don't think there's any difference either way. The difference is that now any decision you give is scrutinised by television. 50 years ago, 60 years ago, game in the Football League, First Division, on a Saturday night, they're not in the pub looking at TV replays. Mm. They're doing recollection from what happened during the game. Yeah. And if there were mistakes, That's no always... one could prove it. Yeah, You know what I mean? So um, I don't think there's any difference at all. The game's fast. Of course, it's fast. Fitness needs to be, to be topped up. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, the referee... There's something in the referees, the laws of the game, which has been there since they were originally written. And it says this. It is the duty of the referee to control the game. How you control that game is down to you, but you must control the game. That's the basic requirement. And you use all the other tools that you've got, red cards, yellow cards, full-scale bollockings, whatever you want, to help you achieve that. We were talking before
2: about... um Maybe the expectations of the FA to for referees to be more robotic and yeah. just do the job and that's it. And, but were you were you reprimanded a couple of times for being a bit too theatrical?
0: Yeah, and yeah, I was. I was. Uh, well, the main one was I'd uh, I was refereeing Leighton Orient Brentford, which is classed as a derby down in the, them that part of the world, Leighton Orient Brentford, and uh, I'd got as one of me linesmen or assistant referees. Uh, A a last call, Wendy Toms. Now, Wendy was the first female linesman we had on the Football League and she went on to be a FIFA referee for the ladies. And Wendy was a lovely girl uh, and, I thought, quite an efficient linesman. Anyway, on this particular day, uh, we're playing the game and the ball goes into the penalty area. I see nothing wrong and suddenly her flag's up in the air going... Cross the chest, which means it's a penalty. So I'm thinking, fair enough, lass, you've seen that. So I give the penalty against Brentford, so they weren't particularly happy. Second half, Brentford score what would have been the equalising goal. I'm happy to give it suddenly. She's got the flag up for uh, offside, so short the goal off. And the Brentford fans started singing, to one to the referee, to you know, this, as they do. So, like a fool, I turned around and conducted them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we got through the game. The one, I was accused of causing a riot. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there were only 15 chairs thrown on, <laughs> which I didn't consider a riot. But uh, anyway, uh, the chairman of Brentford was a name you'll remember, Ron Nodes. Do you remember, Ron? Yeah. I was never Ron's cup of tea. In as much as I was never Richard Scudamore's cup of tea either, but Ron, first thing on the Monday morning, was onto the football league. Oh, he's done this. He's done. He's conducted the crowd, and next thing, I've got letter through from the football league asking for my observations. Tried to get over it with body language and that, and they thought, no, they're not having that. Anyway, uh, this is on the Monday, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm in deep shit now. On the Saturday, I'm due to referee. Gillingham against Fulham. Uh, which has got something hanging over it because on the on the game at, the previous game at Fulham Fulham Gillingham a spectator had been knifed and so they were expecting a lot of tension there was a huge police presence and I get appointed the referee. So I'm going down to Gillingham I'm going scheduled to go to Gillingham on the Friday night stay overnight referee the game. This breaks on the Monday morning and Scudamore who was at that time in charge of the football league, before he went to the Premier League, once me suspended uh, and the referees officer, I'd called Jim Ashworth, fought my corner and said, "Come on, it's lynch He's like he, he, he's a bit of a maverick, but he's a fucking good referee. Ease off a bit." Uh, and this goes on through the week to the extent that I set off from home on the Friday morning, driving down to Gilliam, not knowing whether I'm going to be refereeing in the game or not. And I was halfway down to London when I got the call saying Scudamore's backed off. You're on the game. Uh, so, you know, that was the repercussions from that. And I mean, all right, um, I shouldn't have done it. It cost me. I think it cost me the final. I eventually the referee. I refereed the Fo- football league trophy final in my final season, Bristol City and Stoke at Wembley. Uh, I should probably have done it the previous year, but I, I wrote. I was persona non grata. For a few months uh, after that little escapade,
2: quick breaking <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 referee's whistle <laughs>
2: <laughs> for a quick breaking player for a, a message from our favourite VPN service. As always, not VPN.
1: Now you've got a relative story. Real life story, yeah. Real well life.
2: I, I signed up. I signed up to VPN. Not VPN. Um, and our Oscar's been watching a series. We got to series three, Young Sheldon, I think he's been watching. And series four, not available in the UK. I said, Hey, come on, son, let's get on this VPN, not VPN. He got on. Next minute we're in Australia watching series four. Really? Good. Made his day. Made his day. So if you that don't know th- if isn't? you don't know what the what the VPN service is, you can bench your location all over the world. And like we mentioned, you can get your, your Netflix. Subscriptions cheaper if you're in different countries. You can get cheaper flights if you see in different countries. There's all kinds of um, advantages when we to say to, to anyway, appearing elsewhere.
1: It's the military style security. Oh, that's what people can bank on. You you are actually military with telling us that it's a military <laughs> style <laughs> <laughs> security. Yeah, because you can yeah, protect
2: though. all your, your passwords, your bank details. Anything that you don't want getting out into the public domain by those sneaky little hackers Especially that are out
1: there. Little black book. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You want to keep that secure mm-hmm. under lock and key. It is like a, it's like a safe on your yeah. computer.
1: So yeah, I'm <laughs> not. I'll be honest with you. I'm not into. I'm not into a, a particular series at the minute. But there's nothing more frustrating than knowing there's another one out there and you can't. You can't it, it ends on ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah you can't like, get to oh. it. No. All Sheldon was like that. Have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be in is China Sheldon? to watch that one. Is Sheldon, the one that's on like on Sky and that, like, he's a Big bit bang. of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. So the I can imagine. I can see why you would like watching yeah. Sheldon. Yeah. So so scientists or get scientists get involved. Yeah. You want, I've got an offer.
2: Yes. Yeah, so we've always got an offer. We get one month free, of course, plus thirty day guarantee. If you don't like it, leave the room. Money or back. Money back guarantee. That's what we're talking about. All you've got to do is follow the link in the description, give it a clickety-click, sign yourself up,
1: and you're on board. Give it a what? Clickety-click. <laughs> clickety-click.
2: Would you like to referee now? Now? Yeah.
0: If I could have some casters put in <laughs> the bottom of my feet and just glide round yeah. like that, no, my days are gone.
2: But I mean, if, if you could... Take your younger self with the VAR and everything else Whoa. that's around,
0: would you... Bloody hell, I'd like to run the line because they're told to keep the flag down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's you can't fuck up, yeah. you? If <laughs> oh. you think it's offside, keep it down. VAR will me. Bloody hell, it's easy money. we <laughs> are <laughs> on a grander game.
3: Bloody hell, you <laughs> <could> do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I am a supporter of VAR in terms of... I want, I want the referees and the assistant referees to have every possible available help to make sure that we get... The big decisions right. Who gives a toss about a little throwing that way or that way? Big decisions. And then, generally speaking, big decisions are the ones that decide whether a goal is scored or not. Get them right. And that's that's important. I think we ought to rewrite the offside law because I don't think anybody knows what offside is at the moment. And I think we ought to get back to giving offside where give the advantage to the attacking player, not the defending player. So maybe see daylight between the two. But I, I understand it. They're just going to make more sophisticated software so that the body, you know, if your nose is if your nose is offside, you're offside. You'd be Careful. offside every week. Oh, really you'd be I'd like, be hey. You'd get a yellow card for persistent misconduct. <laughs> <wouldn't you>? <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, who was the, the one who done the three yellow cards in the Graham Paul? Was that the World Cup? Yeah, okay. Jeff Winter. who's was a pal I know you've had him on the show. He, he texted me the morning after uh, Paul had done this three card trick in uh, in the World Cup, and said, "Lynchy, there is a god." <laughs> um, he, he wasn't. He wasn't like Graham. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't. He was. A, he, he was a, a good referee, let me tell you, but. You know, he does the three-card trick in, in the World Cup and then comes out and says that before the tournament started, Set Blatter had said to him, Graham, you have steady tournament. I make sure you get the World Cup final. That's where he came out and said to the press. I'd been told by Blatter I was going to get the final as long as England weren't in it. Come on. Don't blow your own trumpet that much, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: he still involved in any?
0: No, I think he's um I, I, he was doing some work for Al Jazeera TV, uh, uh, but he's no involvement in this country with anything, I don't think, uh, related to top-level football. But he was a good referee. He was a good referee, but... What? Yeah, he'd got an, an ego uh, that perhaps just, you know, went too far. But uh, to issue three yellow cards to the same player is a mistake you wouldn't expect to see from a referee in mansfield and district sunday league division 6 yeah. you that know is
1: the, best, most the, basic, best burger, that's
0: the most basic requirement <laughs> <laughs> and to do that at, in the highest competition in the world <laughs> is uh, fairly uh, I mean, a suicide it, it took the re- it took the the, the british referees uh, reputation down the toilet with it That you know uh, and now we can't even fill the number of slots that we have. I think we should, we should be able to produce 10 FIFA referees. I have 10 FIFA referees uh, on the list every year. And I think we're only operating about seven or eight because we haven't got the quality coming through. And quite frankly now, if you were talking to a 15, 16-year-old lad who's got an inclination to be a referee and his, looks like he's athletic, looks like he's got the build, looks like he can do it, the sky's the limit. Get on, get on the on the, on the the ladder. You know, you can go right the way up. It's a full-time career now. If you get to the very top, you'll earn a lot of money. It's a job for life, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll go all over the world. Wonderful. Was there an incident at the... What do they call it? The tractor derby? The- yeah, mm-hmm. no, down in Norwich. Norwich, Ipswich. Yeah, I did that. I think it was in my last season. Um, I mean, it's a huge game. You don't realise till you get down there. Everybody's up for this. And uh, it... Uh, I remember uh, Martin O'Neill was in charge of Norwich and George Burley was managing Ipswich. Um, And uh, Norwich go 2-0 up uh, and then Ipswich score one, so it's 2-1 and then Ipswich attack again. Ball gets played in, big centre forward spins the centre half, goes in the box and gets dropped and I give a penalty. Uh, Looks straightforward to me. Uh, And then I just look up to my right-hand side to get the assistant in view. He's got his flag up for offside. John Walk, who's playing for Ipswich, has got the ball on the penalty spot by this stage. He's having this penalty. So I go across to this linesman. I said, what have I missed? He said he he was offside when the ball was played in. I said, seriously? He said, yeah. So I'm, I'm giving offside. He said, yeah. So what can you do? I go across, hand up. Point the other way, it says offside. So by this stage, there's bricks coming down on the line (laughs) because he's like really popular uh, with the Ipswich fans. And um, I have to overturn the decision. Uh, And the game finishes 2-1. Now, you know, again, in those days, you couldn't get, although the game was going out live on Anglia TV, there weren't cameras all around the place, you couldn't get, an angle that showed that this player was offside. And we've got both managers in afterwards and we're talking it through. And, you know, you would never have convinced George Burley that this was offside. Not in a million years. He had no argument with the the fact that, you know, the player Martin O'Neill said, Well, if it's not offside, Kev, it's certainly a penalty because he spun him and he's down. I said, Yeah, but he's, he's offside. So that's so, easy
1: after though. Oh, yeah. That's oh, easy oh, after yeah. nice yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um so we had to just turn it over and 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 I, they're huge decisions to give, you know. That would have brought two all back up onto it, and uh, honours are even. And I'll, I'll tell you how important it it is in that part of the world. On the this was game was played on a Sunday. On the following night, the Monday night, on their equivalent down there of Look North up here, right? The six half past six local news. The programme came from the penalty area at Carrow Road. <laughs> they came live from the penalty area at Carrow where I'd given the decision. <laughs> You're thinking, what's going on here? And they went, it was the main focal point of the night on the news. Um, so, you know, sometimes you go into areas and think, I didn't realise that was so important to them. But it's a big game. The East Anglia Derby is a big game. Yeah. yeah. So, the uh,
1: did any managers speak to you about other referees?
0: Uh, very rarely. It was never a point of conversation, never a topic of conversation. You know, I mean, there's some there's some games I'd go to. I'd never, I'd never. The only time I'd see the manager was when they brought the team sheets in to exchange them before the game, and quite often some managers didn't do that. They'd send in the second in command or or someone uh to uh, to do that. Uh, I always remember being on the line at Forest Arsenal at the city ground when Brian was the manager, Clough was the manager and uh, Arsene Wenger was the manager at Arsenal and uh, the two captains brought the team sheets in. Uh, Stuart uh, Pierce was the captain for Forest, Tony Adams was the captain for uh, for Arsenal. So about 45 minutes before kickoff, so they knock on the door and in they come uh, and... Uh, Tony Adams has got the full Arsenal Blazer tie, club tie, the job lot. Smartest something out of Burton's shop window. Stuart Pearce is wearing just a jockstrap. <laughs> <laughs> a jockstrap, which, you know, really, and... Uh, <laughs> is that the one with the, just a thing up the back? Yeah. It's, like, it's a bit like a thong, isn't it? Like a thong, yeah. <laughs> Athletic Yaps. support, so it's a jockstrap. So the referee suddenly let this fluster him <laughs> and he says he said to Tony Adams I in a dig at Pierce.' he says to Tony Adams my word Tony you do look smart you know and Adams just looked at the referee as if he was a piece of dirt and he said you are dealing with the Arsenal Football Club you know today referee well that just killed it you know team sheets exchanged and gone uh, but that, you know you, you sometimes you could see a referee make a rod for his own back by just one little, what was meant to be a compliment, compliment suddenly yeah. bounced back on him, you know. But uh, Brian was, uh, I mean, I only ever experienced Brian Clough on the line, although I, I did once referee for his reserves and had a bit of a set two with him. But on the line, I mean, when I was near the dugouts, he was just brilliant. And uh, he'd come out with cracks and I'd go back. And he, he once got out of the dugout, game's going on, I'm trying to concentrate, got hold of me around the waist, he said... Right, Lionsman, I do the funny fucking lines here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, it was just, it was just brilliant. And I once refereed Forest reserves at the City Ground, and uh, Liam, Liam, who was his second in command, Liam O'Kane. Liam O'Kane was looking after the reserves. And during the first half, at the Trent end, before it was a big stand, it was just a shed. Forest goalkeepers defending that end, and he gets a bang. And he, Liam O'Kane's doing all, all job, comes on trainer. And he said, uh, Kev, can I just stay behind the goal here and watch him just in case he has reaction, in case he's got concussed? I said, yeah, no problem. So he got on with the game. And I'm conscious then that Liam O'Kane, he stood behind the, on the Trent end and he suddenly, I hear him coaching, you know, play out here, do this, do that, do that. So I stopped the game. I said, Liam, if you're going to coach, you need to go back into the technical area. Off he goes. This is in the first half. Comes to half time, got in the dressing room and then suddenly you can hear all the bloody... Apprentices scattering up the corridor. Obviously, it's coming Brian Clough. Knock on the door. Opened it. Oh, sorry. Knock- <laughs> <laughs> that was that, was guy, uh, that, went, that <laughs> went well, didn't it? Uh, knock on the door and opened it. And he's there in the blue tracksuit, bottoms, green top. And he said, uh, referee, I said, yes, Mr. Clough. He said, I pay my coaches to coach. And I said, I have no problem with that. But if he's going to coach... He's gonna coach from the confines of the technical area, not from the Trent End. He said, Right, thank you. Off he went. And within 30 seconds, Liam O'Kane comes to me and apologizes for his behavior. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. I mean, he was good clough. In the days as a linesman, when we at Forest when we used to have to go in and check players' studs, you might remember this, Chris. The linesman used to go in and we had to we had to inspect studs. Mm-hmm. And you'd go into dressing rooms and somebody would be still out warming up. Someone be in the toilets, you know, rag and bones all going round. Yeah. Whose boots are these? Are there all right? You went to Forest, knocked on the door, Clough opened it. And the whole team was sat round from Shilton right round with the legs up so you could see the studs like that. And you went round, he introduced you to each player. This is Peter Shilton, this is so-and-so, this, so-and-so. Check the studs on you. Fantastic. You think that was
1: what we were speaking about earlier with yeah. the manipulation, manipulation. putting something in the back of your well, mind. It,
0: whatever he was putting in the mind, all it said to me was, "This is a proper football club." Yeah. You know, you, you just you just, just doing it right, doing it right. And I think you, you always, I loved, I loved refereeing at the City Ground. It was just fantastic, great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always, I always thought I, I, I refereed well. That's that was the ground where I had my uh, really major conflict with uh, with Ian Wright. Ian Wright at them days was in the twilight of his career and he's playing for Forest. Uh and they're playing Walsall. And because uh, Wright's playing it's sold out. And uh and I mean he was a he was a big player, you know. Uh and he and he was awkward. Awkward to referee. Because God almighty his pedigree was fantastic. Mouthy. Eh? Mouthy. Mouthy. Oh yeah. And like who was I? Like, who are you? You know, that kind of thing. So he starts having a pop and I come back at him with a comment. I said, Oi, I fried bigger fish than you, you know. And it was just something I just came Anyway, he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, David Platt was the manager and Platt reported me for the fo- to the football league for that comment, uh, which is another story. Anyway, I'm having trouble uh, getting hold of him. So I thought, right, I decided to play a little game with him. So, Basically, the game was, if he got fouled, I weren't going to give it. <laughs> so uh, he gets clattered by a Warsaw centre-half, ends on his, on his arse, and I've gone, play on. And he's looked at me, and I've run away. And five minutes later, fullbacks had a dig at him, It's the deck, play on. And he looks at me again. And third time, another one goes in, play on. He said, what the fucking hell are you doing? I said, I'm playing a little game with you, Ian, and when you learn the rules, you're going to enjoy this afternoon a lot more than you're enjoying it now. <laughs> and I ran <laughs> off again. Anyway, what happened was, suddenly, Walsall's players realised that they'd got free hand to assault Ian Wright <laughs> the <NY, laughs> and they've started to go for it big time. <laughs> and he's getting pummeled. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to rein this in and give a free kick and sort this out Anyway. I thought, right, next one's mine, I'll, I'll give the free kick. Well, three players from Walsall went in on him, all at the same time. And he went up in an arc, he come out of this tackle, and he's going up in the air. And he must have been about six foot off the ground at the top of it, and I'm just about to blow. And he's he, he's at the top of this arc and he shouts, I'll do it, ref! fucking play on! <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <coughs> yeah, yeah. they were awkward. And as I say, David Platt, Put this in <laughs> that I'd said to I've fried bigger fish than you, and again I get a referee a letter from the football league. We'd like your comments and oh dear, all right, you know it appears to me that the player can say anything he wants to me. When I try to manage that situation, yeah. he yeah. gets he touchy about it. Well, What's Jeff, going on?
1: Jeff got into bother with Steve Staunton, something like that. I think he yeah. came over effing and blind, and Jeff went if you talk to me like that, where I'm from, you're getting a punch or something like that. Yeah, and he was up in, yeah. Yeah, he was in bother for it. Yeah, you know that's yeah.
0: Stupid, man. It's one, you know, they want it both ways. One of those things.
2: You were saying you were a closet chef for Wednesday fan. Yeah. Were
0: you allowed to? Yeah, I should have declared. I <laughs> <laughs> no, no. should have declared. I have cut should have. Done. Um, <laughs> no, but see, my view always, and this, this really was down to the integrity of the referee. When I refereed a team, it was one team playing in blue and one team playing in red. I didn't give a toss who they were. So I never declared. If there there was a club I was going to declare, it would have been Sheffield Wednesday. I actually lived uh, just outside Lincoln uh, and yet went back to referee at Lincoln City they appointed me to referee and it never bothered me going back to Lincoln and I'd lived just outside of Lincoln you know it never bothered me at all and the funny thing was my lads a Wednesday fan I've got half the family they're Wednesday fans every time I officiated either on the line or refereed them they lost every time they used to be hell on you
1: need to do better
0: fucking hell dad what's going on <laughs> He said, why don't you get a penalty? I said, if they go in the fucking penalty area, I can give a penalty. <laughs> and they never did. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, ne- I never declared it. And and it, uh, no. But I think that's down to the integrity. That, that, yeah. that calls into question the referee's integrity. Yeah. Don't matter, you yeah. know. You know You're always confident that yeah, you're, you're going to be completely impartial. Absolutely no. impartial. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not?
1: There's another one yeah. here. Ipswich are featured again. Ipswich Millwall.
0: Was that my last game? No. No, it was Ipswich. The Wolf. Yeah, now... This, uh, this story came back to me the f- a few weeks ago, Chris, because, again, looking through, and I saw this, someone had put this story in, and it was the linesman on the day, and he's put this story in some kind of Twitter account that we're doing the last game of the season, and you know at the last game of the season there's going to be a pitch invasion. So you're always trying... To make sure that if you give the final whistle, the linesman on the far side of the pitch has got a chance to get across before he's engulfed. So I and I did it on many occasions. I said, "Last game," I said, "Just before I'm going to blow the final whistle, I'll get my handkerchief out and either go on or just do that, so you know that the final whistle's not far away." And that's what I used to do. Um, And and we I did it at uh, Port Vale, evidently at Port Vale when I was refereeing, on the last home game of the season, they had an unwritten rule, which was that they allowed the crowd to come on the pitch, no bother. I said, that's all right. And the fella says, yeah, he said, but when we say come on, what happens is they come on before the final whistle and you'll look out and you'll see the pitch suddenly getting fucking (laughs) small because they're coming on. And I'm thinking, this is a bit... And he says, right. Now he says, listen... I need the match ball to present to the sponsors after the game. So I need you to get the sp- the ball off. So I said, Well, okay then. Uh, and there's going to be a picture of it. He said, Yeah, I said, Okay, if I get the ball back to you, I want some drinks in the dressing room afterwards, like a few beers and look after us. Yeah, deal, he says. So I've done signal to linesman on far side thinking I have got a fucking clue how you're going to come. <laughs> handkerchiefs <laughs> out <laughs> and all this. So <laughs> right. So and honestly, we five minutes to play. Five minutes. You can't see the the touch lines. They're coming in at four sides of the ground. The whole the crowd is making a human perimeter. Linesmen are coming in with them. There, <laughs> we're playing a really tight pitch. So like up to matter gets handkerchief out, out that, blows the final whistle and run like fuck towards the tunnel now at Port Vale, it's a big wide area to go into and i've gone for it ball under the arm right bum, 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 and about 20 yards from the tunnel area and there's crowds coming i'm going through people as well I'm fucking running and my legs aren't going anywhere because this huge bloke has picked me up (laughs) and he's trying to get the match ball from under my arm. And I'm trying to fight him off. and, And eventually I get rid of him, like, and get up the tunnel. I thought, yes, got the match ball, right? Got the drinks in. Get in the dressing room. One linesman's in, near side. I said, where's Bob. <laughs> I said, i got a fucking clue." <laughs> is. This is the linesman on far side of the pitch. I'm thinking, "Well, fucking hell, we're going to have to find." Fa- where is he? Five minutes later, Bob walks in. I said, "Where the fuck have you been?" He said, "The only way I could get over," he says, "I had to go out the stand on far side, I've walked around the car park I had to get back in." He said. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, oh
1: personality wise, they're dull as diswater now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I I think I think there's a yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Harry Kane's like to talk to on the pitch. I've no idea. I mean the players players are what they are, but you you make of it as you will. Um I mean in my in my my career, some of the most the funniest things that happened to me didn't perhaps happen on the pitch, they happened off it. For example, when I when I got in my first season uh, on Boxing Day, uh, they gave me this huge game to referee like Rochdale, Halifax Town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't sleep for a week when that one came through. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, r- building up to the Christmas period, uh, we'd had some bad weather. So I rang up the Rochdale secretary a few days before the game is due to be played. And I said... Uh, everything alright for Boxing Day oh he says listen this is the game that pays all our bills he says but rest at season we're sold out
1: was that your responsibility to phone the club or did the- I,
0: I would always do that just to make sure Right. Yeah. but that
1: wasn't part of your remit no
0: no but if I thought there might be an issue I always rang yeah. uh, and he says we sold out sold all the corporates we've even got hot air ballooning over the pitch to protect it oh I says brilliant 3 o'clock kick off then Boxing Day I'll see you about midday so half past nine on Boxing Day morning Secretary rings me and he says, look, I think the pitch is okay, but the chairman's rolled in and he says he's not happy and he won't open the gates until you say we're definitely playing. So I says, "Okay, I'll come over early. So I whiz over M62, drop down to Spotland's ground, park the car, walk down the tunnel, secretary joins me, get to the side of the pitch, look to the left-hand penalty area, huge pools of water and some ducks having a bit of a swim. (laughs) (laughs) Not promising. Look to the right-hand penalty area, large sheets of ice more ducks having a skate <laughs> secretary says what do you think I said I think we'll come back in April on a nice spring evening because you can't play on this we said look I'm ever so sorry that we had to put the balloon down 24 hours before we wanted to weather's beaten us he said I totally agree Kev we can't play on this I'll let the press know we're off and, uh, and we'll see you when we get it rearranged I said fine so I turned to go back up the tunnel blocking my path is a little pill about 5 foot 10 brown smock flat cap said, excuse me. He says, are that referee? I said, yes, who are you? He said, I'm the pie man. I said, you what? He says, I am the Rochdale pie man. He said, did you notice a white transit van in the car park when you came in? I said, yeah, I did. Why? He says, do you know what's in it? I said, I have not got a clue. He says, in my van in the car park, I've got five and a half thousand potato, meat and potato pies." <laughs> Rumour has it you've just called this fucking game off. <laughs> I said, well, you can't play football on here. He says... Do you realise I've got a wife and four kids to support? I says, "Well, they're not hungry for a few days." They're only they?
3: And, uh,
0: I skirted past him up the tunnel car park and away. So we come back in April to play this game. Lovely spring <laughs> evening. Only trouble is, it's pissing it down with rain right through the game. So I'm bloody sodden. And uh, but we we finish the game. <coughs> Get back in the dressing room. Just getting ready. Knock on the door. See, I noticed I didn't knock the table. (laughs) (laughs) It's him. Stood there. Brown cap, flat all the job lot. He says, does they remember me, ref? Oh, I said, how could I ever... Come on in. He says, no hard feelings about Boxing Day. I said, no, I had a job to do. One of those things. He says, right... From my point of view, no hard feelings at all, and I bought her something to warm you up before you drive home. And he produced four steaming hot meat and potato pies, put them on the table. He said, there oh, are kid, have them with my uh, best wishes. I said, thanks very much indeed. Off he goes, he turned around, he said, they've kept quite well since fucking boxing. <laughs> <Dave Empire's out." laughs> so it's little things like that that make a humour, you know? <coughs> uh. Oh we, we What was the
1: crack with QPR Portsmouth?
0: Uh, that was the game where Venables came back to uh, QPR for the first time. He was the owner, the chairman. And uh, uh, when I got there, I thought that the police presence was a bit thin uh, for a local derby because they'd come, the, the, the Portsmouth fans had come up in the droves. And this game was tetchy. Uh, and I, th- I think I sent one off from each side. But during the second half, uh, fighting broke out in the crowd where the players' wives were. So they don't want to play football because this is this is big trouble. So the match commander says, take them off, Kev, take them off. So I took the players off. and We had a 15, 20-minute delay while they sought this trouble out. And I'm in the hands of the police then. If the police had said, we're abandoning it, you're not going back. But he came come to me and he said, uh, you can take them back out now. So uh took them back out. We finished the game. And again, I, I'd driven down, but I'd parked up at Loftus Road. And my wife would come with me. She'd gone off into town and come back. And I said, come back about quarter past five and uh, I'll be ready and we'll get off up the motorway and back up home. So, of course, this delay puts this back. So she's arrived at the ground when it's, it's only just finished. And outside the ground were the police stormtroopers. There was a phalanx of about 50 police, all, all battened up and everything. Uh, and uh, there was a policeman stood on one side uh, and she went up to this copper, Jan, and she said, uh, what's he done now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she knew it were anything to do with me, but that was the way she introduced herself. What's he done now? <laughs> yeah.
1: But there we are, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, were yeah. there, uh, Were there much trouble in the crowds when you were refereeing? No, no v- very rarely. Back then it were Yeah, different. Yeah,
0: The one, the one that, that wasn't really crowd trouble, but early in my career I got a line at Sunderland, Chesterfield against Sunderland at Saltergate. And I learned on that game the importance that a Majesty's constabulary plays when a professional football match is staged because 5,000 travelled down from the North East, standing as they could in those days on the terraces, on the far side of the players' tunnel at Chesterfield's old Saltergate ground. And in the second half, I'm in the line in front of them. And with 15 minutes left to play, Sunderland losing this game by three goals to nil I'm concentrating on events on the pitch and I hear from behind me, pssst, linesman. And I look round, it's the police match commander crouched down on the perimeter track, peak cap pips batting under his arm. I said, what's up, officer? He says, when the referee blows the final whistle, run like fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I said, "Uh, I've no problem complying with that. Why do you want me to take that course of action? (laughs) He says, you see all these Sunderland fans behind you? I said, yeah. He says, they're going to invade the pitch when he blows that final whistle and they're not going to be too impressed with you and your two mates. So for your own personal safety, when he blows that final whistle, run like fuck. (laughs) I said, no problem. So the minutes tick away, in the dying embers, referee goes, and I've gone, whoosh, straight on. Blissfully unaware, the referee's just awarded a free kick. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm halfway onto the pitch and I realise he's only awarded a free kick I think fucking hell back off <laughs> and I, I look around me; 5,000 fucking Sunderland fans think it's the final whistle as well <laughs> and they're coming over the fences towards me so I'm lacking no man's hand I can't go back because I've got half a weir side coming <laughs> towards me I've got to keep going towards the referee who's manfully trying to get a defensive wall back 10 yards from <laughs> this fucking free <laughs> kick he's just <laughs> given and the look of horror on his face as he saw me bearing down on him at a speed that I thought were close to Mac fucking one <laughs> And in fairness to him, he had the presence of mind to think, fucking hell, and he ran off as well, and we all went off together. And he said afterwards, he said, I've never had a pitch invasion led by one of my linesmen before
2: We've not done this one for a while. But um, with all your experience at the game, all the characters you've met, yeah, you could have a Sunday afternoon in the golf club, Five characters, should we say, that you've you've encountered and been
0: around in the game in the game of football.
2: Yeah, who's invited to the party? Uh,
0: Sir Bobby, Sir Bobby, because I, I I was involved with him as a manager at Newcastle when I was on the line, and he was just a delight, uh, and the stories were like fantastic. So I'd have Sir Bobby, uh, I'd have another knight of the realm, Sir Alex, uh, I'd have Brian, uh, Brian Clough. That'd be three. Two more. Um, Nobody from the refereeing world. I was just going into that area then. The best referee I ever lined to was George Courtney from the northeast. He was wonderful. Charisma, aura about him. So I'd have George down. George is still alive. Um, And then I'd have to pick a player. And of all the players who I had the privilege of refereeing, the one who impressed me more than anybody else was Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle was wonderful. And I think I'd have Glenn. That could be quite an interesting lunch.
1: There'd be a few battling for the mic. I would want
0: that. It'd be an interesting lunch. That one would be. <laughs> yeah. And one that... with the five where you would despise Saturn Golf Club. Well, Roy, because you never know with Roy Keane what you're going to get. Yeah. I've seen Roy in the, lounge at, uh, in the lounge at Blackburn Rovers at half time. And I've been chatting to him. He's been quite sensible. And a seven or eight year old lad's come up for his autograph. And he said no. Why? What are you doing, Roy? That's daft. So Roy's awkward. Ian Wright, can't get... Uh, uh, Jan says, he's lovely on TV, isn't he? I said, you want to see him on a football pitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. So them two would be, uh, not be great. Dennis Smith, the former Sel- uh, Stoke Unland. City. Oh, we've not had that story, but that he, he really, he was awkward. He, was, he, he ended up at Lancaster Gate, that, in the good old days, on a personal hearing where... I'd given me evidence he'd given his. And uh, the fellow who was chairing the commission said, we're going to let you have a 15-minute head start on Mr. Smith before we let him go. <laughs> oh, thanks very much for that, boys. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Uh So Dennis Smith, not clear, not clear. But, you know, stretching it to five, I might be struggling because overall I got on with people. I got on with people. And it's so nice now to go back on days when we do and you see people who you dealt with and you got on with and they're still around and it's nice banter.
1: Enjoyed that. Thank you very really much for coming
0: that. on. Smashing, thank you. Yeah. I think Jeff
1: it. done a great job at uh, showing people that referees have got personality. Yeah, you've added to it, I think. Added to it immensely.
0: Thank you very much indeed. That's yeah, very thank kind you for of you. Coming I've on. enjoyed it, it's a great pleasure.